Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Heights Church. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org. church. It's good to be with you again uh, this morning as we record uh, another message for our church family. And as AJ mentioned at the beginning, we really want this to be a family time that you guys can come together. And we're going to handle some some thoughts this morning from God's Word that are designed for you to to be able to hear as a family and to discuss as a family because we want to continue to minister to everyone in your household. So hopefully you found a comfy spot there wherever you're watching us and uh, be able to enjoy this message as a family. But Pastor Justin, um, things continue to be uh, tumultuous. Uh, Things continue to develop every day and uh, I think more than ever we need to hear from God's Word. I'm excited about uh, what uh, he's kind of laid on both of our hearts, but I know there's been a kind of an illustration that has been rolling around your head this week. Yeah, when we were talking about everything that's going on, the picture that keeps coming to my mind is a picture that I've used before, uh, and it's that of a boat that is filled with occupants that are, are going down. They've been enjoying the trip on the river, but they encounter a rapid. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes from an enjoyable experience to something that is out of their control. And in the process, the boat flips. If you just use your imagination to, yeah. to kind of envision this, the boat flips and they're scrambling and now they're, they're trying to scramble back to safety. And in their mind, if I can just flip the boat back over and get back into the boat, I'll be safe. But the fact is, if everybody could get back into the boat, they're still in the middle of a rapid and it's the same rapid that caused them to overturn before. They're still in the middle of a mess. So the only way, if we enter into that picture, the only way that those people in the boat can get to safety is if we can tether them to something outside of the rapids. If you get back in the boat, you still gotta bail it out and negotiate the rapids, but you're no safer than you were when you were entering into the rapid. You've gotta be tied to something on the outside and a safety worker uh, if a car plunges into a rap, uh, rapid or somebody gets tangled up in a rapid, they still have to tether themselves to something outside. They go in uh, to that place, grab onto those people and take them to that place that is safe. But it's, that place that's safe is not in the rapid. Right. We're in the middle of a tumultuous time in our, our country. Uh, worldwide, this pandemic is creating all kinds of rapids, if you will. and. Uh, we've got to find something that will tether them outside of that. How do we help reach people and bring them to a, a safe place? And yeah. so, and I believe that's been kind of on our hearts that yeah. we want to be the church during this time. And so we want to encourage our people so personally they can be uh, settled and their heart can be ministered yeah. to. But we are called to be crisis workers during this time. And yeah. there are four points that kind of we want to four reminders we want to share. Uh, to all crisis care workers, and when we talk about that, speaking to Christians, yeah. four reminders for being a crisis care worker during this time. And what's the first one? Yeah, I think the the first one is found in Proverbs nineteen seventeen, or the description of the the character of a crisis worker. It says, "Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord, and He will give a reward to the lender." Yeah, I think uh, what we summed that up and said was that we should be generous with our money and our time, but not our opinions. Mm. Um, th- this is uh, just, just this last week. In fact, we, uh, many folks may not know this, but we recorded this earlier. Mm. And we said at the beginning of the week, well, things could change by Thursday in a dramatic way, and they did. Right. 
So we're back here today uh, re-recording this because in the, the middle of the week, we had massive layoffs. We had people that are concerned about um, very real economic consequences to what we're facing right, right now. Right. Some have lost jobs. People are uh, having their health impacted. The ability to just go about daily life is getting quickly shut down. There's concerns about uh, what is appropriate social distancing turning into uh, even more shelter-in-place mm -hmm. type stuff. And so there are all kinds of um, real concerns and real consequences. And one of the things that we've got to do is find out how can we help people who have right now lost their jobs. Right. It's not just whether or not I can pay rent this month or next. I, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. And their families are dealing with a real sense of lack. How do we minister in the immediate moment to those folks? Uh, I stopped by to see some family members at the coast and uh, there was a group of old timers that would always meet at this restaurant and they said they were aware that one of the primary ways that this restaurant stayed open was their what they called board meeting, B-O-R-E-D. So this <laughs> board meeting would always meet there and there's quite a few of them that would gather and, and um, bring money to that owner they can't meet there because of the number of people. So what they did was they all called and said, hey, we, on this day, we're gonna show up with our orders. We're just gonna stay in our cars in the parking lot. We're gonna talk to each other through the social distancing, you know, right. making sure that there's enough space. But they found a way to make sure that that little business owner, that, that really them being open had provided them an opportunity to fellowship and they were saying, we wanna bless them. I was thinking during that, how many different ways could we bless people in the community right now that are really scared? Or if there's a neighbor that just lost their job or a shut-in that now lost somebody that would normally come transport things, how can we get creative and begin to minister? We need to be generous with our time, generous with our money if we can afford it, if we're one of those that still has a job, um, but not with our opinions. Talking about whose fault it is and becoming sure. bitter is not gonna help. And I just think it's so important to remember that because the opportunity to give, sometimes we consider who we're giving to, are they gonna be thankful yeah. for it? Are they really deserving of it? Do they really need it? And I would just encourage our people to consider what the Lord is laying on their heart yeah. and to trust the Lord and do it as unto the Lord, which I think is consistently the Always. call for all generosity, all giving is that we do it unto the Lord. Yeah. How about the second one? So the second concern or the attitude that we would want for a crisis worker to have is to remember this. Don't let tomorrow's troubles paralyze your effectiveness today. Mm -hmm. And we find that in Matthew 6. It says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. 
Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, and this was a passage that had really ministered to you yeah. during the course of this last week. What was it that hit you? Yeah, I think just as a dad and as a pastor, as a husband, um, you know, we're not kind of set apart from having to work through this emotionally yeah. ourselves. And as I began to kind of see in my own heart kind of these moments where um, anxiety would start to kind of creep up from places I didn't even know I would be yeah. worried about, um, I, I began to pray and just ask the Lord, Lord, like, help settle my heart. Help me practice what I preach yeah. to our people. I, I want to lead in that way. And this was the verse that came to to the head and, and what really encouraged me was not that um, the troubles will go away if I act in a certain way, but that God is gonna be faithful to walk alongside me each day. Yeah. And so what it really did for me was instead of worrying about tomorrow, what am I gonna do? And right now, like what, what's the future gonna, what are the next two weeks gonna look like? What's the next three, four, five months look like? I think the Lord kind of said, Pete, focus on today. I'm gonna walk through today's troubles with you. You're not gonna be alone. And you know what, Pete? I'm gonna walk with you tomorrow as well. But don't let tomorrow, we'll, we'll deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Just focus on today. Man, that just began to settle my heart. That's a super important thing. When we were talking about this, uh, um, our productive participation in today is super important for tomorrow to be able to happen. Yeah. If we don't get anything accomplished today, right. We're not going to be able to fix any of the concerns that we have today. Mm -hmm. It's the squirrel trying to get across the street, and he's so freaked out about the car that's coming, he doesn't move, and eventually he just gets squashed, right? you got to make a decision. I either go this way or that, and then right. you do it. Um, but that constant worry will get you frantically back and forth. You just stay in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that it says which one of you by worrying can add basically one cubit, one step. So. Worry isn't going to actually add one more step. Productive activity will, will do that, but anxiety can rob you of the ability to make a decision, mm -hmm. be overwhelmed. Now, there are things that are really worth, they, they should shake us. Right. We, we've lost some things that each day would provide continuity and consistency. And so it, it's not wrong to have that trouble you. He's just saying, if that anxiety is all that you have today, if that's all you're doing, you won't make any steps out of the hole. Right, and you won't be effective in serving. Yeah. You won't be able to meet the needs of your family first and maybe those who are, who are struggling. Yeah. And so we have to focus first on getting our heart right so that we can be effective in doing the ministry that God is going to call us to do. I think the other thing is that that anxiety will rob us of an opportunity to be thankful. Mm -hmm. So right now... Uh, this last week, some of the only sunny days that we've had in the valley in a long time. Yeah. And we're going through a lot of crisis, and there are a lot of things that are kind of filling up our minds. But I, I know in our family, we may have missed an opportunity or two to be able to just sit down together and enjoy the sunshine, hear right. the birds, because proper concern about what are we going to do with the, the things that are stacking up yeah. or the concerns that are invading. We miss an opportunity to be thankful. God says, hey, you, you know I'm still in control, but I gave you an opportunity to be at home with your family. Yeah, there's a wreck just outside the door, but don't miss the opportunity to be thankful and trust me in the middle of the mayhem. And he's gonna continue to do things that are praiseworthy, yeah. things that we can celebrate and give thanks for in the midst of, Ken, just really hard circumstances. Yeah. How about the third point? So a third attitude uh, or reminder to a crisis worker is this. Uh, we need to remember to trust in the promises of God 
and that will produce endurance. Mm. So if we trust the promises of God, endurance will flow. Yeah, and this comes out of Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says this, Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end, so that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself, I will indeed bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise. Mm -hmm. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and for them a confirming oath ends every dispute. Because God wanted to show his unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters in the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. There's a lot of things in this passage, but the statement that really grabbed both of us is that phrase, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Right, right. And, and it is possible for that to seem like a, kind of a Pollyanna statement. So everything's a mess right now, but hey, we got to hope, just hope in God, right? And it's the Jesus take the wheel moment. <laughs> the car's out of control and you're like, ah, there's no use in driving now. Sure. It, that's not actually what it's, it's saying here. He actually says, I want you to remember that I made promises to Abraham and his life went all kinds of directions. There were highs and lows, but there was all kinds of chaos in Abraham's life. When it comes to the end, the promises of God came true. Mm -hmm. He says, I promised you certain things and all, through all that highs and lows, all the topsy-turvy mess, I stayed faithful to those promises. So I want you to trust me and know that I'll do the same with you. If I promise stuff to you, uh, your salvation is secure. We're going to be in eternity with him. Someday, you're going to look back on all this and you will see that I have shaped you for eternity through all of the chaos. Yeah. But you got to set, uh, if you're going to take a look at a set of instruments in the Christian's life, you got to set those instruments according to God's parameters, according to his plan, rather than your own. And it will guide you when it goes dark. Yeah, I think for a lot of us over the last couple of weeks, we've We've searched for security and certain things. Yeah. And each day, I, I don't know if this is true for those watching, but for me, it's like each day something else I kind of felt maybe some security in yeah. has been taken away. Like totally. my ability to go do this still, <clears throat> my ability to go do this still. And then it's like, oh, well, you can't do that today or we're yeah. going to take a break from that. And I, so I, I think this is such a, an important passage to remember that uh, what settles the believer's heart is that they're anchored to something completely out of the chaos, something that cannot be touched by coronavirus, something yeah. that cannot be touched by political differences, can't be touched by that whether I lose my job or not. God is still on the throne. And that, yeah. man, that settles a heart for sure. I think uh, some, when they read this, might say, well, that's kind of a Pollyanna. You know, if I just believe everything's going to turn out okay, then it's supposed to settle me. But it doesn't actually meet me when the Sure. You know, the business goes down or my family, the bills come due, my, my yeah. family gets sick. But uh, if, you, if you take that instrument picture once again, one of my favorite pictures is when my brother was actually training to fly. They would put him inside an airplane and they said, when you get up there, the, it's going to shutter. You're, I mean, he's learning all this on the ground. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's going to shake. You're going to encounter winds. You get into the clouds and it will mess with your ability. It actually begins to change the way that you see and perceive your surroundings. And so planes will just begin to fly in random patterns because they're trying to adjust to things uh, and not having the personal equipment to be able to handle it. Mm. So you had to have the instrument rating was the key. So they would put you inside a little box in there, draw all the curtains, and you had to learn how to fly and land that plane without being able to use these other senses. Right. Your instruments were set in such a way that you could fly and land in the middle of the dark, uh, in a, a storm that just descends all of a sudden. But that was where you were to get your understanding. And, and he said when he's flying, you could, the pressure in your ear, the sense that you had was that everything was falling apart. You had to look at some instruments and say, no, that's true, even though I'm feeling all this right. chaos. Well, that's what he's saying here is, there's certain things that are true, even though everything around you feels like it's falling apart. Keep looking to those. That will guide you, and it will land you safely yeah. home. Yeah. Well, I know there's one more point we wanted to share before we wrap up this morning. Yeah, the final thought that we had was that in times of crisis, we are called to pray, not make false promises. Mm -hmm. We're called to be faithful even when we can't fix it. Mm -hmm. Colossians 4. Yeah, Colossians 4, starting in verse 2, says this, Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word, to speak the ministry of Christ for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Man, super important. Two pictures that are in here is that continue earnestly in prayer. So mm -hmm. constantly be captivated with prayer as the first response. Sometimes we scramble, we come up with plans, we line everything out, A, B, C, D. We, you know, we do all of these things and then we're like, okay, we would probably better pray before we go, mm -hmm. right? And we just spend a couple seconds in prayer. He says, continually, earnestly focus on prayer and then do all the rest of this. Yeah. And then he says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time this is going to, like we talked about last week, it's going to cause all kinds of conversations and opportunities with us and with other people, but be really mindful of the way that you speak. Let it have salt. Let it be sweet. Let it be reasonable. Be measured. And you can't be that unless you've been in prayer. Yeah, for sure. But if we don't focus on praying, we're not going to the right source for strength. The Lord is the one that's going to guide us because this is unprecedented yeah. in many ways. And I just want to encourage uh, our, our folks, you know, it's easy to be the last thing that you look at before you go to bed is the latest updates. Yeah. The first thing you look at is what's happened overnight. Um, I would just encourage us. We got to be on our knees. We got to be praying. Yeah. We got to be asking the Lord to help us see things rightly. And, and, and I know that this might be a season, Pastor, where uh, people are feeling like they're hurting, yeah. they're scared, and, and they feel like they're the ones that need the crisis care, and yet they're hearing us say, no, church, we need to be the crisis workers. Yeah. So I think it's important for us just to, to acknowledge that in both of those situations, God is going to meet our needs, but he's also going to call us and draw us out to help meet the needs of other people at the same for time. For sure. Yeah. So as we uh, wrap up this morning, um, uh, what what would be maybe your last charge to us as we kind of go into this next week of the unknown, um, walking forward in faith? I think the two things that I would do right now, because we have an opportunity as a family to be able to uh, connect and digest this a little bit, is we, we should first talk about, are we committed 
to being effective workers. Yeah. What can we do as a family and as a church to meet the needs of those in our community of faith and in our community, Salem? How can we help out? But secondly, before we wrap up, I want us to go to prayer, but yeah. I think we need to all make a commitment that every morning, every evening, whenever we think about it, we are continually going before the Lord and say, Lord, will you guide my thinking today so that I will be your emissary, so I will be impacting a world that right now is really freaking out. Yeah. Make me steady, give me right thoughts, help me to be part of the answer rather than part of the problem. Yeah. Why don't we both pray? I'll start and you yeah. can close us and you can join uh, wherever you're at watching yeah. this. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you now. We're thankful for your word. God, in this season, every time that we open it up, there is something for us. There is yeah. some word of encouragement. There's some word of hope. There's some word of wisdom, God. And we just pray that you would continually draw us to your word um, above anything else, above any other opinion or idea. Let it first set the tone for our hearts and our day and our outlook. And then help us, God, to go then to, through the day and into the day trusting in you. God, I pray for all of our church. I pray for every single person who right now is maybe been facing some of the hurt and the pain that's come from this sickness, maybe feeling the hurt and the, and the pain that comes from a lost job or lost wages. God, and I just pray that you would comfort them. Your word tells us you're the God of all comfort. So I pray, God, that you would help them sense that you are right there and that you're going to continue to meet their needs and that you will carry them through today's troubles because you are a faithful mm -hmm. God. God, help us to be crisis workers and, and equip us and prepare us for the ways not only that you're going to help us, but also to be thankful and to be useful for you, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Father, we do ask that you would help us to be useful, that we would be thankful. We pray uh, that we would be ministers of mercy. Father, give us a vision in this season that goes beyond our own home and our own bank account and our own situation. Father, uh, if we were in an accident and there were many other people involved, we would rush to help before we would worry about what are we going to do uh, with the crashed car. If we were uh, in any other kind of moment like this, a crisis, we figure out how we can run in and help. Help us to be those that run in and help. Yes, Lord. Help us to figure out how to maintain community, even though we have to be separated. Help us to figure out Father, uh, by your grace and through your wisdom, how we can share the gospel and continue to exude kindness to a nation that's increasingly becoming angry, frustrated, and trying to blame their scenario on others. Help us to be settled. Father, not to throw up our hands and quit, but to trust you and move forward in faith. Give us wisdom to know how to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.